Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Recovery Talk. In a previous episode, I spoke about the honeymoon phase of an eating disorder. It was quite a while ago when I did that episode, but you can always just search for it or scroll back in my episode archive. So in that episode, I spoke about what I call the honeymoon phase of an eating disorder. To sum up what that means. When someone has an eating disorder, they may have a point, especially during the the early stages of their eating disorder, where they actually feel quite rewarded from having the eating disorder, right? They might get those instant little kicks and of reward of accomplishment from, for example, seeing the number on the scale goes down. Or maybe they get complimented from the people around them for their weight loss or for their exercise, uh, exercise pattern or for their behavior around food, right? Maybe they get it encouraged and that this can create a bit of a high. And this is what I refer to as the honeymoon phase. So very often when people are in recovery, they will be missing their eating disorder because they'll be missing this honeymoon phase where they got those early kicks, the early sense of accomplishment or belonging or whatsoever the eating disorder gave them in the beginning. And essentially what I'm arguing is that that is the honeymoon phase. That is not really something that's sustainable. That is not how an eating disorder is going to be for the rest of your life. You may have those moments where you have those little kicks, but you're not necessarily going to get that honeymoon phase again. And the comparison here that I'm using is the same thing when you see a romantic relationship. Many, very often people will have a honeymoon phase where everything is good and great and then reality kicks in, right? And then people stay in relationships that's very much expired just to try and get that honeymoon phase again because of that honeymoon phase they're staying because, oh, but it was so good in the beginning. And don't get me wrong, this is not to say that everyone has a honeymoon phase with their eating disorder. For some people, it's just all mystery from the start, Right. But I would also say that even within the eating disorder, after the honeymoon phase as well, people may notice that they get some instant kicks and rewards. Because essentially your reward system in the brain is oriented towards restrictive behaviors or seeing the number go down or, you know, excessive exercise. Again, you're programmed to get rewards from this. But don't confuse rewards with pure happiness. It's not true pure happiness. So anyways, guys, if you want to hear more about that, check out the honeymoon phase of an eating disorder episode I did a while ago. Uh, But now to today's topic, which is about the honeymoon phase of recovery. And I know some of you may be listening to this and think, what? Recovery is just pure pain and suffering and everything. What were you talking about? Honeymoon phase of recovery? Oh, hell no. But you got to hear me out. Hear me out on this. Some people, actually quite a lot of people, tend to experience a bit of a honeymoon phase also when in eating disorder recovery. Not everyone, but some do. And if you suspect this may be you, keep on listening. And also if you wonder what on earth I'm talking about, also keep listening. The honeymoon phase of eating disorder recovery is something that very often seems to happen in the earlier stages of recovery. Maybe not in the absolute earliest stages, but it is to a point where, like it usually happens like early-ish in recovery, right? And this is when everything feels kind of fun, rewarding, and exciting. For example, very typically this may happen when someone is going through extreme hunger and they go all in, right? They finally are like, you know what? I need to give in to this hunger. And finally, they have access to all the foods that they want to eat. They go to the grocery store super excited. They may go to bed excited because they are going to wake up and have breakfast the next morning and they're excited about that. I definitely went through this during my own recovery. I was just feeling, yeah, I was scared, but also part of me was quite excited about trying the new foods. I was looking forward to go grocery shopping, right? And some of the early recovery fears have kind of lessened, right? For example, that extreme, rapid, disproportionate waking that happened the first week 
that had kind of calmed down a bit and my weight gain was going a bit more slow and steady. So certain thing had become less scary and was more, more steady, right? And essentially, because I was so undernourished, my brain was just rewarding me for food-seeking behavior, right? And this is a really good thing, right? This is a survival thing from the brain. My brain was detecting, hey, you're undernourished, therefore we're going to make food very fun, very rewarding, very exciting. So as a result, I was having so much fun all day planning about my next meals, thinking about the foods I was going to eat, you know. These things were exciting and rewarding. Yes, they were scary. Yes, there was also some guilt and shame there, but there was also excitement. And also remember, anxiety and excitement is often a similar feeling. Let's call it anxietyment, right? You have both anxiety and excitement at once. Kind of like riding a roller coaster, right? Also, if you hear snoring and sounds in the background, it is my dog. You probably know that by now, but if you don't, <laughs> that is the reality of it. I'm recording in my living room with my dog. I would never throw her out of the room for me recording. So <laughs> so yeah, when working with clients, I very often see the honeymoon face when I start working with them. Maybe not in the absolute earliest stages, but like early-ish in recovery, when they are actually lessening up on some of the rules, right? They give themselves that unconditional permission to eat. They give themselves that permission to eat a lot of foods that they had previously banned themselves from. So they are allowing themselves to do these things. And because the brain is so wired towards rewarding you for food-seeking behavior, right? You are getting a lot of kicks, right? This can be very fun. Going to the grocery store is like going to an amusement park. And there can also be a lot of guilt around this. So it's a little bit like you can't win situation, right? Because when people feel this, very often then they will also be like, oh my goodness, I should not feel this way. I'm developing food addiction or I'm emotionally eating because this feels very emotionally rewarding, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it can be a lot of mixed emotions here. And for some people, the honeymoon phase can be overshadowed just by anxiety. Like, why am I feeling so rewarded for this? This means that I have a problem. This means that it is emotional. So it's all fun and games, challenging that chocolate that you haven't had in so long, trying new things, feeling accomplished from a recovery perspective because you're challenging fear foods. And also during this point, a lot of the worst case scenarios you thought were going to happen in recovery may have shown not to happen. So you're feeling a little bit more relaxed, at least compared to like day one in recovery. And this is all fun and games until the honeymoon's face starts to fade. Suddenly, food is not as exciting anymore, right? And then you tell yourself, well, food is not so exciting anymore. I don't have the stronger, strongest cravings anymore. I'm kind of like, uh, whatever. How can I still keep going? Do I still deserve this? In the honeymoon phase of recovery, challenging the chocolate was relatively easy or easy-ish because it felt so rewarding. It was so fun. You were so excited about it. And now you're just kind of like, whatever. And on one hand, it's a relief because you were, of course, telling yourself you were developing some kind of emotional, emotional eating, blah, 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 all of that fear mongering bullshit. So on one hand, not being so food focused may have been what you wanted. But then you also find it difficult to keep going in recovery when it's not as rewarding. And this is where a lot of people get stuck, right? It was so easy when extreme hunger was there or when you were just very excited about recovery being new and new and fresh and exciting, right? And now your appetite may have gone down a bit or it may just not be the same, right? And you're wondering, how do I keep going? How do I keep, how do I keep feeding myself? How do I keep challenging fear foods when it's not really that exciting anymore? So from a biological perspective, what tends to happen here is actually in, in eating disorders, right? What tends to happen in recovery in a lot of people is that the 
the hormones that regulate uh, hunger, appetite, body weight tend to normalize a little bit too soon. I don't know why. I just know that it happens, right? So essentially, your leptin levels prematurely normalize. Not in everyone, but in a lot of people, they tend to normalize prematurely, especially if you're actually giving yourself consistent food. If you're in that binge restrict cycle, you probably won't notice this. You probably won't experience this because you're still kind of just actively engaging in eating disorder, right? If you are actually just giving into your hunger, eating a lot, consistently trusting the process, you will tend to notice eventually that the hunger starts going down. And yeah, this is a completely normal part of recovery, right? The problem is that sometimes this happens a bit too soon in some people to the point where if they, for example, are underweight and need to put on weight, the weight gain is going very, very slowly, which can be confused with being at your set point, but it actually isn't. They may notice that their appetite goes down, they're not feeling as hungry anymore. They may still be eating quite a decent amount, but it's just not enough for full recovery. So essentially this food-seeking behavior, this, oh my God, food is the most exciting thing in the world kind of thing that the brain was wired towards, lessens, and it lessens, unfortunately, a bit too soon in a lot of people. And this can make it very difficult for people to keep going, right? So I hear a lot of people saying, you know what? During my extreme hunger, it was relatively easy because I was just so hungry. It's like, even if I didn't want to give in, I, I just had to, right? It was like I was, I, I couldn't really do anything else. I just had to eat and then it was relatively easier because it felt like it was not my choice anymore. Now I feel like I'm the one making the choices and that's more difficult. And this is why I always tell people when it comes to intuitive eating and eating disorder recovery, if you are going through extreme hunger or just have a very high appetite, it can absolutely be an amazing thing to just eat intuitively, throw away any kind of meal plan or structure, right? Just eat, 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 as long as you're getting enough and as long as you're getting consistent food in. Unfortunately, sometimes people may do intuitive eating when their appetite is not enough to take them towards a decent intake or take them towards actually challenging fear foods, right? So because the fear foods don't feel as exciting anymore, they may convince themselves, oh, but that shows I should just live off of oatmeal and rice then. But here's the thing. A fear food don't need to be insanely rewarding in order for you to, to eat it, right? A fear food can be as exciting as eating an apple or eating rice. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't eat the fear food, right? Because this comes again from a bit of a scarcity mindset where the fear food is put on this pedestal where it's like, yeah, this is only worth it if it is extremely rewarding and perfect. But that is part of the food perfectionism mindset. And I also want to remind you here that when you are experiencing that certain foods are extremely rewarding, your eating disorder will tend to twist that as well, right? To the point where, oh, I'm emotionally eating chocolate because it feels like almost I like get a high from the chocolate, right? So then when you do experience it, <laughs> your eating disorder is unhappy. And then when chocolate becomes a bit more boring, your eating disorder is telling you, well, don't have it then, right? So you can't really win in this scenario. If food is too rewarding, oh, triggered, emotional eating, blah, 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 addicted, nah, nah, nah. And then if it is not really rewarding at all, eh, I'm just not gonna challenge then. And very often with clients, when they are coming out of that slight honeymoon phase where everything was very exciting and rewarding, that is when we have to really put in work to make sure that people are still challenging, still pushing, and don't get stuck in that quasi-state where they are eating, they're not necessarily restricting, but they know that they actually need to up a bit more, right? And this is where so many people are stuck. The truth about recovery is that some days it's going to be very fun. Other days it's going to be insanely boring. And some days it's just going to be kind of whatever. And other days it's just going to be horrifying and scary, right? But no matter how it feels, you have to keep going. 
even if you're not feeling super excited about recovery, you still have to keep pushing. It's kind of like studying, you know, if you're, you're studying, you know that, yeah, there are going to be certain things that you're studying that you find very exciting, very interesting, very passionate about. And then going to be other things where you're kind of like, oh, whatever, but you need to get through it anyways, right? And I see people with eating disorder, they tend to understand this when it comes to other arenas of their lives, right? When it comes to the eating disorder, suddenly it's like freeze, right? The honeymoon phase of recovery is essentially your body and brain doing exactly what it needs to do, which is rewarding you for certain behaviors surrounding food, right? It's rewarding you for eating, rewarding you for food-seeking behavior, right? Which is very much exactly what it should do. And then when it realizes that food is consistently available, it turns down these functions a bit. But unfortunately, a lot of people confuse this with, oh, then I don't need it at all. You still do. And of course, also, if someone just never really lets go of the restrictive behavior, they will be in a state states where food is constantly exciting and rewarding which can be very scary for people eating disorder because it feels like emotional eating feels like oh i get a kick from you know let's say binging right and also i think some people with eating disorders will have a hard time letting go of their eating disorder because they know that by doing that food stop being so rewarding right they're not going to get a kick from food anymore it's not going to hit the same right and then it's like what not so something that can be a lot of relief for a lot of people for example for me it was a huge relief of cake just being cake. It's nice, it's good to eat cake. I love eating cake, right? But I don't get my life purpose and major emotional highs from it. So here you got to trust that there are more rewarding things in life. But in order to get to that point, you need to just embrace the fact that food is very rewarding right now. I think a mistake a lot of people do is that they think, oh, I want to be rewarded for other things than food. And then they try like not to eat certain things or like not to get those rewards or shame themselves from getting those rewards or think they're doing something wrong because food is very rewarding or give them a bit of a high and kick. But actually, it's just your brain doing what it's programmed to do because you're undernourished. And the best way here is through it, not around it. You can't think yourself out of this response kind of have to eat yourself out of it and then yeah food will be less rewarding which is a relief but it can also be something that can prevent progress because you feel kind of bored you feel kind of stuck and you're just like is it worth it if it's not super rewarding but it is food don't need to be super rewarding for you to eat it right food don't need to be perfect doesn't need to be always fun sometimes you just eat and that's completely okay other times you eat and it's very fun your eating disorder is going to be mad anyways. If it's fun, it's going to say that you're food addicted, no, no, no. If it's not fun, it's going to be like, well, there was no point in doing this. The key here is that you got to do it anyways, right? If you are someone who's experienced a loss of appetite in recovery, or maybe just a normalization of appetite, but you're so used to eating only when it's really fun and rewarding that you think that you don't deserve it or need it now. And having some form of mechanical eating as a strategy can be helpful, where essentially you just eat, even if you don't necessarily feel hungry. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, doesn't that go against intuitive eating? But the truth is, as I've spoken about in a previous episode on intuitive eating versus intuitive restriction intuitive eating too early in recovery can sometimes turn into intuitive restriction and a loss of appetite in eating disorder recovery does not mean that suddenly you don't need food if you want to hear a bit more about a loss of appetite in eating disorder recovery i have made an episode called not hungry and if you are a bit in the opposite end uh, with extreme hunger and the fear of, you know, emotional eating, binge, purge, binge restrict cycles. I made a lot of episodes about that as well. 
And a starting point could be the episode titled Extreme Hunger, where I talk about, as the title may suggest, extreme hunger and eating disorder recovery, which is very, very normal. If you are experiencing the honeymoon phase of eating disorder recovery, where food is exciting and you feel, you know, accomplished and recovery is new and exciting and you feel like a bit of a accomplished high, you know, then my my best advice is essentially just enjoy it, right? It's completely okay. Enjoy it. You don't need to feel like, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong here because I'm in a honeymoon phase and that is not real and no, no, no. It is real. Your feelings are real, right? I'm just saying that prepare that, yeah, it may lose some of its appeal in a bit of time. And that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong and that you should not keep going. Just like how in a romantic relationship, the honeymoon phase may not last forever. But then comes another phase where things are a bit more familiar. Things are, you don't maybe have the same level of butterflies, but you still feel instead like a calm and peace. And that's nice as well. Be aware of and enjoy the different stages of recovery as much as you can. And if you don't enjoy them, you still got to push through them, right? I know some of you will listen to this and be like, well, this is not me. Honeymoon phase in recovery? Absolutely not. And that's completely okay as well. Not everyone experiences this. Absolutely not. But it is a phenomena that some people experience. Hence, I thought it could be good to talk about it. And it is a phenomena that makes a lot of people stuck because they compare themselves where they are now to their honeymoon phase. And they feel like because food is not as fun as re- and rewarding now, they should not keep pushing. But you still got to keep pushing. No matter if food has lost some of its appeal, if it's not as rewarding anymore, if it's kind of boring, you still got to keep going. Okay, guys, I am going to answer a listener question. This listening question is from Instagram, from the ask box that I put up in the story the other day. And the person is asking, why do I have extreme hunger by the thousands if I restricted a smaller amount? This is such a typical question I get, right? Because people tend to think that extreme hunger is something that only happens if you are restricting yourself to like... 100 calories only for like three years but that's not how it works at all so even if you only restricted let's say a couple of hundred calories every day for a few months right think about how much that adds up i also think a lot of people with eating disorder tend to think that they are not really restricting that much when actually they are a lot of people with eating disorder have very skewed ideas about what is a appropriate intake, right? They may, for example, I've heard a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, I'm restricting, but I only restricted a little bit because I eat 1,500 calories, right? 1,500 calories is what the men in the Minnesota starvation study ate. And that is starvation amounts of calories. That's a very, very low intake. And also you'd be surprised over how quickly extreme hunger can kick in, right? So even in people without eating disorders, for example, in me now, if I, for example, end up for some reason not getting enough food one day, then I will be very hungry during the night. And this is just from a few hours of of not eating enough, right? Because my body is basically catching up to the fact that I haven't eaten enough today. But let's say you've been restricting a few hundred calories for a few weeks or months, right? That still adds up to thousands and thousands of calories that you are in a calorific depth. So that is the more like physical part is that you are in a huge deficit regardless. But also there are mental aspects to it, right? When you are restricting yourself, you're telling your body that, hey, this is scarce. there's a scarcity here, right? You're not allowed to have that. And that makes it far more exciting. 
if I told myself I can't eat chocolate, right? Trust me, I would have been thinking about chocolate nonstop. And when I had access to it, I would eat so much more chocolate than what I would have if I had consistent access to it. If you're always restricting yourself a bit, you tend to develop what I tend to call the, the last supper mindset, right? So that when you have food available, your body, because you've been kind of telling it through experience that there's always going to be a little bit less than what you need, naturally when when food is available you're going to want it all right because you have been consistently sending out the messaging to your body that food is a scarce resource and this also goes if you are you may not even be restricting yourself cal calorie wise but you may be restricting yourself from certain foods for example chocolate as an example even though you may be eating sufficient amount of calories if you're restricting yourself from a certain food again you're gonna chances are you're gonna binge on that food when you have it available so I guess that's my answer to that would be a little bit two-parted. As I said, first of all, people with eating disorder tend to think that they're not restricting as badly as they are. And second is even relatively mild restriction over a shorter period of time will tend to create a huge deficit. Not to mention the mental components of being in a restrictive mindset will also influence it. Your body does not like not being in energy balance and it will fight you when you're trying to be in a deficit. Sometimes that happens pretty quick. Other times it takes some time. Sometimes it happens during the restriction, especially if you have, for example, bulimia or anorexia binge purge or any kind of eating disorder that is in a pattern of binge and restrictive or compensatory behaviors. Plus for other people, it won't kick in until you are refeeding yourself, right? This is why you can see some people with anorexia who may not have extreme hunger during their anorexia, but then they start recovery and it might kick in. And also it may kick in not in early recovery, it may kick in later recovery, or it may not kick in at all, even though that is less normal. There are people who don't experience extreme hunger, but they are in the minority. And again, the severity of it may not always reflect how much or how long you've been restricted for, even though that would, I guess, for some people make more logical sense. It is just highly individual, right? But overall, you are in a deficit and your body is scrambling to correct it. So that hopefully answers it. And I have also made an episode called Why Do I Still Have Extreme Hunger? Where I talk a bit more about having extreme hunger, you know, maybe into a certain point in recovery or like essentially an episode for people who are like, okay, I have extreme hunger, but why am I experiencing this now? Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead.